Go up to Leviticus chapter 4. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, If anyone sins unintentionally in any of the things which Yahweh has commanded not to be done, and does any of them, if the anointed priest sins so as to bring guilt on the people, then let him offer for his sin, which he has sinned, a young bull without defect to Yahweh for a sin offering. He shall bring the bull to the door of the tent of meeting before Yahweh, and he shall lay his hand on the head of the bull and kill the bull before Yahweh. The anointed priest shall take some of the blood of the bull and bring it to the tent of meeting. The priest shall dip his finger in the blood and sprinkle some of the blood seven times before Yahweh, before the veil of the sanctuary. The priest shall put some of the blood on the horns of the altar of sweet incense before Yahweh, which is in the tent of meeting, and he shall pour out the rest of the blood of the bull at the base of the altar of burnt offering, which is at the door of the tent of meeting. He shall take all the fat of the bull of the sin offering from it, the fat that covers the innards, and all the fat that is on the innards, and the two kidneys, and the fat that is on them, which is by the loins, and the cover on the liver, with the kidneys he shall remove." as it is removed from the bull of the sacrifice of peace offerings. The priest shall burn them on the altar of burnt offering. He shall carry the bull's skin, all its meat with its head and with its legs, its innards and its dung, all the rest of the bull outside of the camp to a clean place where the ashes are poured out and burn it on wood with fire. It shall be burned where the ashes are poured out. If the whole congregation of Israel sins, and the thing is hidden from the eyes of the assembly, and they have done any of the things which Yahweh has commanded not to be done, and are guilty, when the sin in which they have sinned is known, then the assembly shall offer a young bull for a sin offering, and bring it before the tent of meeting. The elders of the congregation shall lay their hands on the head of the bull before Yahweh, and the bull shall be killed before Yahweh. The anointed priest shall bring some of the blood of the bull to the tent of meeting, the priest shall dip his finger in the blood and sprinkle it seven times before Yahweh, before the veil. He shall put some of the blood on the horns of the altar which is before Yahweh, that is in the tent of meeting, and the rest of the blood he shall pour out at the base of the altar of burnt offering, which is at the door of the tent of meeting. All its fat he shall take from it and burn it on the altar. He shall do this with the bull, as he did with the bull of the sin offering, so he shall do with this, and the priest shall make atonement for them, and they shall be forgiven. He shall carry the bull outside the camp, and burn it as he burned the first bull. It is the sin offering for the assembly. When a ruler sins, and unwittingly does any of the things which Yahweh his God has commanded not to be done, and is guilty, if his sin which he has sinned is made known to him, he shall bring as his offering a goat, a male without defect. He shall lay his hand on the head of the goat and kill it in the place where they kill the burnt offering before Yahweh. It is a sin offering. The priest shall take some of the blood of the sin offering with his finger and put it on the horns of the altar of burnt offering. He shall pour out the rest of its blood at the base of the altar of burnt offering. All its fat he shall burn on the altar like the fat of the sacrifice of peace offerings. And the priest shall make atonement for him concerning his sin and he will be forgiven. 
If any one of the common people sins unwittingly in doing any of the things which Yahweh has commanded not to be done and is guilty, if his sin which he has sinned is made known to him, then he shall bring for his offering a goat, a female without defect, for his sin which he has sinned. He shall lay his hand on the head of the sin offering and kill the sin offering in the place of the burnt offering. The priest shall take some of its blood with his finger and put it on the horns of the altar of burnt offering and the rest of its blood he shall pour out at the base of the altar. All its fat he shall take away, like the fat is taken away from the sacrifice of peace offerings. And the priest shall burn it on the altar for a present aroma to Yahweh and the priest shall make atonement for him and he will be forgiven. If he brings a lamb as his offering for a sin offering, he shall bring a female without defect. He shall lay his hand on the head of the sin offering and kill it for a sin offering in the place where they kill the burnt offering. The priest shall take some of the blood of the sin offering with his finger and put it on the horns of the altar of burnt offering and all the rest of its blood he shall pour out at the base of the altar. He shall remove all its fat like the fat of the lamb is removed from the sacrifice of peace offerings. The priest shall burn them on the altar, on the offerings of Yahweh made by fire. The priest shall make atonement for him concerning his sin, that he has sinned, and he will be forgiven. Well, <laughs> we made it through that chapter at least. And um, what, there's a few things I want to say about this. First, did you notice that with these sin offerings, now this is the fourth of five types of offerings. We had the burnt offering, the meal offering, the peace offering, now we have the sin offering, and the one that is to come is the blame offering or the guilt offering. So there's these five offerings, this is the fourth, and did you notice in the sin offering that every time there's an offering, they, they sprinkle a little bit of blood at the door of the veil, and then the rest of the blood is poured out at the base of the altar, which is outside the tent of meeting. And um, I remember when I was in school that we were learning about the human body and we learned that the average you know, male, I think, has something like six litres of blood in their body. If you think about how much six litres is, you know, like that's basically a bucket of blood. And um, that's a lot of blood. Now you think about a bull an animal which is a lot bigger than a human, um, how much blood is in that? And I remember uh, at youth one night, I just jokingly said, I wonder how much blood is in a bull. And one of the people at youth was study, had been studying veterinary and she said 10% of the animal is um, blood. Well, that's, you know, or was it 7% that she said? I can't remember, but on the night we had worked out that it would be something like 12, maybe 12 litres of blood per bull. I might be wrong about that. If you're a veterinary student or you know someone who knows the answer, just pop it in the comments. But all I know is it's a lot of blood. And, we've, and of course there's goats as well, sheep. They don't have as much blood. But this blood is being poured out at the base of the altar all the time. You'll notice on our slide for Leviticus that each of our videos have got drops of blood on them. So the theme of blood is a big theme right through this whole book because blood is required for the covering or the forgiveness of sin. And if you were, live, if you were there and you had brought your sacrifice, or if, especially if you're the priest and you're in the tabernacle day after day, sacrificing and pouring out the blood, 
there would that the ground around that altar would have been soaked with blood. Soaked. You can't believe how soaked the ground would have been. And um, I think all of this paints a picture for us of how terrible our sin is and how great the sacrifice is that's required. And um, so I think we've got to the sin offering and we're realizing the great expense that there is in atoning for sin. And of course, that all speaks to us of what Jesus has done. The, the offering of his own life was at great expense. But I want to ask you now this question. Why were there five different types of offerings and not just one offering? I'm going to tell you a quick made-up little story to illustrate. Let's say there's a man and he's friends with another man. They're very deep friends. They work together. They've worked together for a long time. They're acquaintances, but they also share time outside of work. They share their leisure time together. Their families have become friends. The children of those families have become friends. They sometimes even go on holidays together. They trust each other deeply. They share secrets. And one day, one of these men borrows his friend's car. He's got a problem. He says, can I please borrow your car for a few days? Sure. So he borrows his car, and as he's driving down the road, um, he notices the temperature gauge going up slightly, and he realizes that the water level is low. He should top up the water, but he thinks, ah, oh, it doesn't matter. And, and because he ignores it, he ends up, um, you know, the engine heats right up and puts a crack in, in the head of the engine. And he thinks, oh no, I've just destroyed my friend's engine. But he goes down to the, the car dealer, or the, you know, Repco, or one of those dealers which sells things for cars, and he buys an additive, like a, a, a product, and he pours it into the engine, and it puts a ceiling around and covers up the crack, and the car keeps driving. And he, so he returns the car and says nothing. But sometime later, a few weeks later, the, the, the other friend realizes what, he's, what has happened. You did this to me. Now that's a great sin. You would agree, right? That's a sin. But you would also recognize that it's far more complicated than just a sin. Because not only is it just the doing of a wrong thing, so the sin itself is the doing of something which is wrong. But you'll also notice that in the process, he's destroyed the harmony of their friendship. Because now this friend who's been harmed says, why did you do that? Why didn't you just tell me? Why did you cover it up? Now I can't trust you. Now I don't want to spend time with you. Now our children can't play with each other and they're friends. And so there's implications and consequences and on it goes. The trust is destroyed. The friendships are destroyed. There's guilt, there's blame. It's not just the doing of a wrong thing. There's a flow on effect in many, many areas. The peace and the harmony that was there is shattered and gone and may never come back or may take a long time to come back. So you can see that in one incident, there's complicated ramifications in many ways. And so that's the reason why we have many offerings. We have an offering for sin, which is what we're discussing right now, but we also have an offering for guilt, which we'll talk about tomorrow. And that's like basically like the paying back for what's been done wrong. In my story, not only had that man done something wrong, but if he was to say sorry, that wouldn't be enough. He would actually have to replace the engine and that would only be part of what he needed to do. He would need to rebuild trust. There'd be a process of, of proving that he was genuine in his sorry. So, 
and he might even need to go for beyond just re replacing the engine. He might need to do more, you know, not just in apologizing, but in kindness and deeds and, and all of this to just repair what was there before. And so we've got all these different offerings. We've got a sin offering, an offering for sin, but then we've got the offering for guilt and blame. We'll talk about that tomorrow. That's making restitution. We've got the offering for peace. In other words, repairing and making things peaceful and harmonious again. We've got the burnt offering and the meal offering as well. All these different offerings because the process of restoring back to where things are, are supposed to be is complicated. And all the different aspects of it are shown to us in the life of Jesus. And we'll talk a bit more about that tomorrow. But basically, as people, we broke fellowship with God. We are the sinners. We broke trust. We ruined a good relationship. We stole and destroyed the peace that existed. We robbed from God, but not only by doing something that was wrong, but we ruined something that was there, and it needs to be restored. So what's required from us isn't just, a, oh, oh, well, I'm sorry. That's confession. But what's required for, from us is repentance. In other words, we, we want to change. Willingness to rebuild trust. Restoring what has been stolen. Repaying back. Rebuilding peace. Rebuilding harmony. And really, we couldn't do any of these things. But because Jesus' sacrifice on the cross is represented by all these different types of sacrifices, it's showing us the extent of what God has done for us. And then when we invite him into our lives through the Holy Spirit and we start living, he actually helps us to live and do all of these different things by grace. So you can see why there is a need for so many different offerings, a sin offering, a guilt offering, a blame offering, a peace offering, a meal offering. That's a thanksgiving offering. You know, like after these two friends have restored their relationship, the friend that broke it, it says to his friend, thank you so much for, for you know, <laughs> you know, like there's gratitude. That's a thing as well. And that's something we should offer to God all the time. And I find for myself, having prepared these Leviticus videos, that what I realize is that there's a lot of depth in the book of Leviticus. And we're really just pointing out little basic things on the surface here. But if someone was to be hungry enough to dig into the book of Leviticus and research it, you're going to have a tremendously deep insight in who, into who Jesus is. And so thank God the New Testament explains to us who Jesus is. But those New Testament writers didn't have a New Testament. What they had was Old Testament books like Leviticus. And when they read them, they saw uh, Jesus in them. And if you want a New Testament book that explains the Old Testament and Leviticus, the clearest of all, that book would be the book of Hebrews. So I do encourage you to read that. But basically in this sin offering, what we're seeing is, the, is that Christ became sin for us, and, uh, but we're also seeing through the constant pouring out of blood the extent of the sacrifice, like that Jesus' sacrifice was expensive. And it's because our sin is expensive. Lord, I want to thank you that you gave yourself as a sin offering for us. We acknowledge we don't deserve it, that we are, that we are undeserving. And um, Lord, we act and we live in many ways as though we don't appreciate the blood of Jesus Christ poured out for us. Forgive us for being so blasé about it. 
but Lord, cause us to grow in reverence and fear and respect and in appreciation. And I pray that we would find ourselves in a place of sweet fellowship with the Lord, a place of peace and trust. Give us this grace, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen. 